Alright, hello and welcome to a new podcast called Talk Together with me, your host, Evelyn. So, for our first ever episode of Talk Together, we are going to do a historical topic. The topic is Julius Caesar. And for this first episode, it's going to be all about Act 1 of the play. So now we can finally begin our first episode. And the first segment of this episode is solely about Scene 1. So... Scene 1 starts off with tribunes Flavius and Marlus, and they're chasing away the commoners. Now, let's take a step back. It is February 15th, and it is the Feast of Lubricale. Rome is celebrating Caesar's defeat of Pompey's sons in war. Now, this is a huge win. It's a success for Rome. The first in a very long time. Now, why are Flavius and Marlus angry? Well, the people are not showing their gratitude to the Senate, but to Caesar. And this is when the rule comes in that no images are to be hung of Caesar. Flavius and Marlus feel that Caesar wants to keep Rome fearful. This is the beginning of a very bad, bad relationship with Caesar. Each member in the Senate, we will come to find, goes down the line of just hating Caesar and really just bringing down his character and scrutinizing everything he does and I would imagine it'd be hard to have a position as a leader especially the first leader who's really done something for example the president it's the first time a president has stepped up and done something good for the United States and just imagine being torn down for your motives anytime you did anything being constantly watched constantly scrutinized that'd be a very scary feeling so there were lots of opinions of caesar thrown out into the air and to the romans to the commoners to the citizens to the people he was a god a hero and as well to his family you know his family thought that he was the high point and just an overall trophy for the family however the senate the tribunes they saw him as a tyrant a no good just a really bad guy and it kind of plays into jealousy which we will see is a really big factor throughout the story because there's a lot of characters in the story and all of them have their encounter with caesar whether it's good or bad but the bad ones all lead to this feeling of why is caesar leader why am i not leader why am i not getting recognition and this brings me to the theme of our first scene the theme of this scene is authority because the tribunes really fear caesar's authority and the power that he has over the people for me 
I would definitely say, you know, a good leader, a leader who leads by example, is gonna sway me. He's gonna have my vote. He's gonna have my support. I'm definitely gonna go tell my friends. This leader is amazing. We need him. He's really making an impact. And so the tribunes really see that, and the senators really see that in the capital, and they are afraid, really, of what is Caesar going to do next? Because Rome has had such a fallout, and the people are supposed to look toward the Senate. The Senate is really a collective of men who are supposed to be helping and really doing for the people, and they have not been doing that for some time now. So when Caesar stepped in and took over the role of authority figure, it's really easy to say, well, this is the first time we've had something good happen. Let's all jump on the Caesar bandwagon. Let's all praise Caesar. And that is the first time in scene one that we see people don't really like Caesar. There are people who do not agree with Caesar, whether it's jealousy, whether they do truly believe Caesar is a bad guy, but Caesar is not the god to everybody. And as the audience, we kind of see all the good things that Caesar is doing, but there's always that piggyback. There's always that person with their two cents. No, Caesar's not good. And that really courses the reader. For me, it really took me on an emotional roller coaster. Like, I love Caesar. He's the king. He's the god. But then, oh, he's this bad guy because, you know, Flavia said so. So that is our theme for the first scene. Alright, so now we're going to be heading into segment number two of this episode, which is all about scene two in play Julius Caesar. So, Caesar arrives at a race with his wife Calpurnia and his friends, Antony. Antony is a key character because he's one of Julius Caesar's true friends throughout his life. Again, throughout his life. Maybe not after his life, but throughout his life, so keep that in mind. But Antony is a soldier who is beside him throughout war and is a good friend of his. He's also at the race with Brutus, Casca, Cassius, and Cicero. So Caesar asks Antony to touch Calpurnia, you know, hit her while he's racing because she is infertile. And we find out that a woman who is infertile, if touched by a racer during this race, she will have a chance to get pregnant. The people of Rome are superstitious. That is their core belief, superstition and myths. Now, we see that these signs and symbols of their superstition are really important throughout the story because there's many metaphors and just little hints throughout the story that just play a big role in what happens to Caesar at the end. So... Caesar asks Antony to do this, and they're preparing for the race when they see a soothsayer. Again, a soothsayer is a part of superstition, so obviously a Roman is going to believe him. And a soothsayer, what a soothsayer is, is a fortune teller, a mind reader, sort of. He can predict the future, and his job is to tell you 
whether it's good, whether it's bad, they are going to tell you what's going to happen next. So, for me, I'm a religious person. If God tells me something, I'm going to listen. So, for the Romans, it was like, if a soothsayer says something, it must be important. It must be serious, and it must be real. So, we're going to listen. So, Caesar is, again, superstitious, and he himself is a god, quotation, because we don't know if he really was a god or not. But, he's a god to Rome. And being a person like this who's superstitious, you would believe the soothsayer, and Caesar did. Caesar definitely knew that the soothsayer had a presence. He listened to him, but he did not apply the things that he was told, which potentially hurt him in the end. Um, But the soothsayer says, beware the Ides of March. This, This really just important line in the story and as a reader you see how big this is because it's the big first warning symbol beginning of story beware the ides of march let's break that down so it's saying beware ides is 15th the 15th of march at the beginning of the story during the feast of looper Halloween, when we see that it is the 15th of march um, sorry, February. February. It's the 15th of February. So it's a month before. So this is a month later. And now it's saying, beware the eyes of March. This date is going to have a impact, a significance of some sort. We don't know what. And again, the soothsayer's job is not to tell you what's good or bad. He's just supposed to tell you, to warn you. And Caesar did not take this into account. He didn't really listen to it. Again, listened, didn't apply it. So, yeah, beware the eyes of March. And for the audience, you guys should also beware the eyes of March because that's where the action is in the story. So, they went to go watch the race, didn't pay much attention to it, didn't mind it, and just moved on, forgot about the suits there. While the others were watching the race, Brutus and Cassius stay behind. And Cassius is honestly jealous of Caesar. It sounds like foreplay, in a sense, where two guys are hanging out. Oh, this guy is stronger than me. He claims to be stronger than me, but he's not stronger than me. Haha, kind of that, you know, kind of that mean, rough play. Cassius is telling Brutus how, oh, Caesar the god. I had to save him from drowning, you know. What a god, what a god. He's so powerful, but I had to save him from drowning. And this is the beginning of a horrific plot. Brutus and Cassius begin to plot the murder. And this is the start of an alliance here. We see the senators are beginning to come together and just agree on the fact that they do not like Caesar or his motives. And the way Cassius says it doesn't really sound like, oh, he's a bad guy. It just sounds like pure jealousy, if you ask me. And we see later on that all the senators really are jealous. And it's really about your perspective. You know, maybe the you see the senators as concerned or jealous. But either way, the senators all agree they need to take out Caesar. So later, Casca comes after the race and tells Brutus and Cassius that Caesar refused the crown three times. Which is really symbolic because it 
shows the audience again it's all left to the viewer's perspective is caesar a good guy is he a bad guy personally i think he's a good guy but we don't know that for sure it's really just opinion and this is a part where casca is kind of coming in and saying interrupting their plots to kill caesar and mentions how he refused the crown three times which is a really noble humble thing to do you know he's publicly being offered the crown to be called the king and he's just no i'm not the king i'm just caesar which he says a lot i am just caesar so these are things to look at things to focus on is caesar being modest is he putting on a show are the conspirators maybe wrong about him all left to the reader's interpretation again um so are caesar's intentions good or are they bad like the senators think they are maybe they're wrong maybe they're right we don't know and that brings us to our next theme So the theme for scene two is fate versus free will. What does that mean exactly? Well, fate is the destiny. This was meant to happen. It was supposed to happen for whatever reason. The stars, the cloud, the moon, the god, the gods, whoever you believe in, plotted this. This event was built in time to happen versus free will. You know, humans cause what happens to them. We are the reason for our downfalls, for our losses, for our triumphs, our wins, our glories, you know, our golden days. We choose what happens. We are, you know, the game players. We are the creators of our own game. We move those pieces and shift them. And what we see here is... This ties into Caesar's personality because there are two sides of Caesar that we can see. And as a viewer, it's up to you to decide. And again, the course of the play really pushes you back and forth a lot because we see good things from Caesar. The crowd loves him. The citizens love him the commoners love him and then you start to love him then you see the senate the tribunes bashing him you start to feel like you have to bash him it's a very complex emotional thing but we see that if you believe that caesar is a bad guy well it was his free will he created his downfall by doing things that were not necessarily right he was the reason for his death or maybe it was fate it was destined to happen he's a god you know a god doesn't just die a god was put on this earth to die for a purpose and that's where again comes into play you ask the audience the reader has to really focus in on that and see you know pros cons and decide really what is caesar and that's one of the brilliant things i think about shakespeare it's very non 
conformed, you could say. It doesn't, you don't really have to, you don't really have to just listen, you think. That's why I like it. That's why I enjoyed the play a lot. It made me really think and decide whether I wanted to believe one thing or believe the other. I chose the way I wanted to be the story. It could be a heroic tale or a complete Shakespeare, Shakespearean tragedy. Typical of him, right? <laughs> he has some good tragedies, but that is this theme, fate versus free will. And it leaves you thinking and wondering, what is Caesar gonna do next? And that brings us to the end of our second segment, based on scene two. Alright, so now we're going to head into the last segment of this episode, on scene three. So let's just kind of bring the tone down a little bit. I'm a little loud, I'm a little hyper, but we're going to bring it down for this scene, because in this scene it starts off dark. It is thunder, it is lightning, it is raining in Rome. Crazy, right? And we see Cicero. I'm not exactly sure. Should have done my research a little better. I believe he was in the capital. So sorry about that. Cicero was, we're gonna say capital. Cicero was in the capital. He's running down the halls like a maniac and he sees Casca. And he tells Casca that he has been having visions of doom that day. It's a little funny. A little gullible haha <laughs> you fool Cicero it's just it's just thunder and lightning shaking your brain a little bit right and we see all of the conspirators end up meeting up so Brutus Casca Cicero and at this point it's only them three not the entire Senate you know not the entire world it's just them three right now and they discuss the sign reading and symbols throughout this scene and just really what Cicero really saw. And what Cicero saw was a downfall. And he saw visions of just a bad room. Which brings us to our theme. <laughs> this is a very short scene, so we're just gonna head into the theme. But the theme for this scene is most definitely sign rating and symbols because that's the main topic of discussion throughout the scene. So again, the theme for this scene is sign reading and symbols because they discuss back to their superstition. You really have to intel and focus and read. You know, again, I said this before, I'll say it again. <laughs> I'm a religious person. So if my God were to put something in front of me, some kind of sign, some kind of warning, I would definitely listen to it. I would definitely think God's trying to tell me something. Wake up, sister. And that's definitely what sistro was implying when he was saying that he had visions of doom and although it was a little funny and the others thought he was gullible they definitely listened because again all of the romans are for the most part very superstitious and believe in the myths that they've been told so they're talking about how they should focus in on the reading and symbols and this is definitely a sign of what's to come in rome 
and it's definitely important for them to listen to the signs because like i said before if my god told me something i'm gonna listen because this must be a really important and bad event if gods are to intervene in human affairs because caesar himself said gods do not intervene in human affairs meaning the gods do not put themselves in a position to affect the humans the god set up what's gonna happen it's happening that's it gods do not intervene in human affairs so for them to leave cicero with visions of doom it must be a freaking terrific event that's gonna happen and that's kind of when the conspirators think well it's happening if the gods told us it's happening so it becomes again fate versus free will ties in the scene two's theme the gods kind of told the conspirators and that's what they're rolling with so that brings us to the end of scene three because it was such a short scene but to wrap that up Cicero had visions of doom so now that we are done with all of our scenes we're going to do a quick little recap so scene one it starts off february 15th the feast of lubricant we see flavius and marillus chasing away the commoners jealous of caesar they're angry they are telling the people that no images are to be hung of caesar and the people are just showing their gratitude to caesar and not the senate playing into the theme of authority tribunes fear caesar's authority and it's really the tribunes the senate versus caesar himself scene two the caesar arrives the caesar caesar arrives at the race with his wife calpurnia friends antony brutus casca Cassius, and cicero and caesar asks antony to touch his wife during the race a soothsayer tells caesar a very important line beware the ides of march and then later on, we see they're watching the race while Brutus and Cassius are off to the side plotting what they are going to do to Caesar. Later on, we see that Caesar refuses the crown three times and we question his judgment and we question what Caesar's real motives are. Scene three, dark and stormy night, thunder and lightning. Cicero is running like a madman and tells Casca about his visions of doom. And Brutus, Casca, and Cicero discuss these visions and wonder, is this a sign from the gods? What do these visions mean? And that brings us to the end of Act 1. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first ever episode of talk together i was a little shaky a little nervous but i think i got the hang of it i'm excited to share with you guys my next episode of talk together and again this is a very big topic so it's going to be a three-part series and yeah we are going to get into act two of the play julius caesar in our second episode so thanks for joining talk together and i'll see you guys next time That was Talk Together with your host, Evelyn.